number 64 in your blue hymnal. The words will also be on the PowerPoint screens if you're interested. Asiti. Welcome to chapel. My name is Bob Yoder, and this is Tamara Schantz, and we are your campus pastors. Welcome back from what we hope was a restful break. And for all of you who are new to campus, um, a very warm welcome. We hope that this will be a place where you can belong. This year in chapel, we've been working with the theme of Transformed by Christ. And of course, like most themes, this is a wonderfully broad topic. Last fall, Tamara reflected on the differences between the huge, life-changing moments of transformation and the smaller, more subtle ways that we are continually being transformed by Christ, and suggested that the work of the Holy Spirit is something like that of worm in the soil, chewing and digesting, renewing leftover food scraps into rich, nurturing soil. We've also had this beautiful banner um, created by Sajin Lee as a backdrop to our worship, inspired by the story of Jesus transforming water into wine. And Bob also shared in the fall from his own experience of, uh, experiences of transformation, um, challenging us to nurture our own faith through friendship and accountability with people, fostering our connection with God through worship and prayer, participating in a local church, and exercising our conviction and faith by getting involved in volunteering, and student club on campus, um, that sort of thing, opportunities in our community. So as we move into a new semester and into a new year, um, we're going to return to our theme again, 
and listen to the reflections of three students and how they have experienced the transforming power of Christ in their own lives. As we enter into worship this morning, I invite you to join me in prayer using one of my favorite prayers from um, Jan Richardson. Join me in prayer. Oh God, what we choose changes us. Who we love transforms us. How we create remakes us. And where we live reshapes us. So in all our choosing, O God, make us wise. In all our loving, O Christ, make us bold. In all our creating, O Spirit, give us courage. And in all our living, may we become whole. Amen. Tamara is lighting the soil lamp, again reminding us of God's presence and spirit with us this morning. We believe that not only are we transformed by who we love, as this prayer suggests, but that it is because we are loved, beloved by God. It is the power of this love that changes us. The love of Christ calls us into new life, calls us to choose life each and every day. Or as Colossians 3 says, what you have done is put aside your old self with its past deeds and put on a new self, one that grows in knowledge as it is formed anew in the image of its creator. Because you are God's chosen, and ho chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with heartfelt compassion, bear with one another, and above all else put on love, which binds the rest together. We pray that this semester, the word of Christ will dwell with each and within each of you and invite you to listen with open hearts to Jesse Gottwalls, Jen Spate, Nate Manning, as they share from their lives with us this morning. Please turn again in your blue hymnal to number 56. Awake, arise, O sing a new song. Number 56 in your blue hymnal. We'll be singing the whole thing through twice together. And then I'd like to split you into sections, maybe about right here, section one and section two. And we'll try it in a canon. Twice together and then twice in a canon.
Good morning. My name is Jessie Gottwalls, and I am a second-year nursing major. Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed your Christmas breaks. For anyone that knows me well, you would know that I like to use the word consistency a lot. That is because I value consistency tremendously in myself and in other people, because it's the only way I can tell if someone is truly committed to what they say they are. To me, being transformed by Christ means that I am consistent. I am the same person with the same standards at college, at camp, and at home. Being transformed by Christ means that everything I do is motivated by faith. My decision to be a nursing major, why I became an RA, my friend group, the way I interact with people, why I came to Goshen in the first place, what I'm doing with my summers, and so on. Being transformed by Christ means that everything in my life is impacted. Everything is impacted by that model of purpose, love, and consistency. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Being transformed by Christ isn't temporary or conditional. I certainly would not have always considered spirituality to be a significant part of my life. Both at home with my family and at school, faith was not reinforced or a natural part of my everyday. Up until coming to Goshen in the fall of 2009, I lived in Satterton, Pennsylvania, with my parents and two older sisters, Aaron and Allie. Although I could not ask for a better family, I did not have the privilege of growing up with Christian parents. Although I love my parents dearly and have very positive relationships with my whole family, to this day, I cannot tell you what my parents' religious views are. It's not something we ever talk about. My family was never part of a church. My sisters and I started going to Blooming Glen Mennonite Church on our own when I was in middle school. Although I live close to Christopher Dock Mennonite High School, I chose to go through public schools instead. I loved it, but because of my decision to attend public school, it meant that spiritual support was limited and faith was never directly encouraged. The majority of my spiritual growth came from church, working at a Christian camp for three summers, and through interactions with people who put a priority on faith. There is one upside to all of this, though. The public school, the lack of family support. My faith is my own. It is self-motivated. If I want religion to be a part of my life at all, I need to make the effort to make it a priority. There is no second guessing about confusing my parents' beliefs with my own, and I've always valued that tremendously. This kind of environment growing up has helped me to seek out ways to cultivate my relationship with God and not wait for it to just happen. So, what have I learned from all of this? Being transformed by Christ is not a passive act. Because of my history of faith, I can get easily frustrated when people are apathetic about religion, expecting it to come easy. We are not transformed by Christ by waiting around to feel called for lead. I have to admit, I'm not always entirely happy at Goshen. I didn't get exactly what I expected coming to a private Christian college. A large part of that, I think, has to do with how hard it's been for me to find people who support me spiritually. It's taken me a year and a half to get to that point with some people, and I've been tremendously encouraged by that, and I am so excited to see what happens this semester with different relationships and different ministries on campus. But it's still not at the level I want it to be. And from asking questions of other people, I don't think I'm the only person who feels this way. As far as feeling a lack of spiritual support goes, part of that comes from a lack of my own initiative early on, but part of it also comes from the culture of campus. In my experience, for being a Christ-centered campus, we students don't talk a whole lot about God at Goshen. 
It's never been so hard for me to talk openly about my faith, and I'm standing in the chapel at a Christian college. Why is it hard? Because we're academically minded and critical. Because I don't want to offend you if you believe something differently. I don't want you to criticize my thoughts later. It's possible that we're more critical of Christianity than any other religion on campus. There are the more contemplative, subtle Christians who are critical of the woohoo Jesus people, the enthusiastic God lovers who are critical of the less enthusiastic types, and those who don't ascribe to religion but are critical anyways. My friend Levon recently said that she thinks the two biggest dividers at Goshen are alcohol and God. Why is it that God is one of the biggest dividers at a Christian campus? I don't think it's because we haven't been affected by Christ or because we don't have stories. We opt not to talk about it because of what other people will think, because we don't want to offend other people of other religions, or because we don't want to force our faith on others. I care about faith at Goshen, and I need to know that our campus is transformed by Christ. I want that support because that was something that was lacking for me before. I need to know that people still pray for each other because I miss that. I need to know that conventional Christianity is affirmed because I miss that. I need to know that people at Goshen, not just the pastors, not just people whose assigned job it is, but professors and my peers will ask me about my faith and support me in that. I need to know that people have as much respect for enthusiastic Christians as they do for enthusiastic agnostics or for any other religion represented on campus. I need to know that people are motivated to respect each other learn how to use their skills for a greater purpose, and that the motivation for that is because of how they've been transformed by Christ. I want to know that people are still willing to make the effort to make faith a priority, because being transformed by Christ is an intentional process. I acknowledge that these observations and opinions are my own, but I encourage you to be more open with your faith and engage others in conversation with you. Thank you. My name is Jennifer Spate. I'm a senior English and secondary education major from Cleveland, Ohio. When asked to share my faith story with the campus, I was initially very excited. That was over Christmas break, mind you, when I wasn't looking at you all. <laughs> As time went on, I got more and more nervous. Um, I want to start by clarifying that I'm not up here to be a shining example of what people should be or how they should act or even what true faith looks like. I'm up here to provide a testimony of my journey, um, of my transformation so far, but recognize that I still have a long way to go, so I would encourage you all to keep your eyes on Christ and not me, amen. <laughs> um, I didn't start consistently going to church until I was about 11 years old. My family was not a church family, uh, not in the slightest. My parents had made a series of bad life decisions, however, and figured that since they tried everything but church, they didn't have much else to lose. Um, I had been going to church with my aunt and my cousins periodically, but going to church with my parents proved to be an entirely different experience. After attending church and doing family Bible studies for a few months, 
My parents accepted Christ as their savior, and I followed suit. My parents' faith in God transformed their lives, literally, every aspect. They did a complete 180 and became entirely new. Now, I'm not trying to romanticize this or anything or make it a fairy tale or anything like that, but they became better parents, better workers, more dependable, and just better people in general. I started to change too, but to be honest, um, something I didn't realize until Goshen was that a lot of my faith was my parents' faith. Through middle school and high school, I was a pretty good girl. I got straight A's, I led extracurriculars, I wasn't drinking or smoking or partying, I wasn't swearing, I didn't have sex. I went to Bible study in church and was a leader in the youth group and was truly pursuing God. And I did what everybody thought I should be doing, was kind of the golden child. Um, but I got really, really comfortable really quickly. And so apathy kind of set in and complacency started to overtake me. And I was still a leader in the church, but these were things that I was doing out of habit and not necessarily because it was coming from my heart. Um, I was doing it because it was expected of me. So when the time came for me to choose a college, I was still in a place of comfort and apathy. Um, my church pushed me. Some of them kind of shoved me right on into Goshen. And <laughs> I was apprehensive, but after a few visits, I came to love the school and was excited to attend here. One of the main reasons I chose Goshen was because of its faith emphasis. I loved the core values, and I've kind of mourned their passing for the piece by piece slogan. But um, I was at a time in my life when I needed positive peer pressure, and I was welcoming of the change from an inner city school to a private Christian school in the middle of nowhere. I figured if I couldn't find God and stay focused here and retrieve some of that spark that we all have when we first fall in love with Jesus, that um, I was hopeless pretty much anywhere. <laughs> But I miscalculated. Um, GC was different, and it was not exactly what I expected. I hadn't calculated the fact that I would be away from my parents and my youth group, and those structures and supports that I had become so accustomed to. Um, my commitment to my grade stayed strong, extracurricular stayed strong, and my commitment to my faith was waver it wavered, was rocked, it was pushed to the side, and it was shaken sometimes. It was difficult to come to Goshen and actually have the challenge of living out my faith without the help of my parents or siblings or youth pastors or any of my youth groups from back at home. And for a while I did pretty good at holding it together, but then I started to crumble. And I tried to cling to who I thought I was or who I wanted to be and who I knew I was raised to be. But at the same time, there was a part of me that was like, this is too hard and you're not ready, so just be young and have fun and do whatever you want. And so I did. <laughs> And while admittedly some of it was fun, it left me feeling empty and still searching for something more. My faith journey has not been exactly what I planned. I figured I would come to the Christian school and just transform completely and become this incredible activist and just you know kind of rock it out, but that is not what happened. My faith in God has been tried and tested and all but capsized at some times. I've put so many things before seeking God and amazingly he has still worked in me and through me. Through my failures and disappointments and through my own stumbles and mistakes, God has taught me some vital lessons that my own stubbornness would have prohibited. Um, the lessons I wanna share with you, one of these lessons is the importance of grace. So much of my early faith relied on my attendance at church, doing good deeds, and the fact that I wasn't doing what a lot of my friends were doing. But after focusing so closely on school and being in a new environment and um, new extracurriculars and all this other stuff, my good deeds dropped and I picked up some bad habits and just kind of wandered off the path. 
but God still calls us, and it baffled me completely. But what I found is that God calls us when we fall off the path, when we wander, when we go running off the path at full speed, and he welcomes us back. With the gift of grace, God has taken away one of my other issues, something that I had a tremendous problem with in high school, and that is judgment. I had never really considered myself judgmental, and so I started making mistakes and stepping off of the path. I found that I had trouble giving myself grace as well as other people. Before I messed up, I had a way of seeming non-judgmental and just kind of nodding and smiling while sometimes thinking horrible thoughts about people. But with my own stumbling came my own understanding of sin and my own understanding of grace and God's heart for people who have messed up. My transformation into the Christian woman that I want to be is far from complete, and I still consider myself to be a work in progress. But I do recognize that God is working, even now, to change me and make me into his image. I had to stumble in order to teach me lessons, but the grace that God offers is sufficient for all of our weakness, and that's the reason that I am so grateful that we are allowed to be called his children. My transformation, like each of ours, is always morphing and changing. There's a long path ahead of us, and my faith story, my walk with God, has been a series of choices and a transformation that has been nothing like what I thought it would be. It's been a humbling experience. Um, I'm grateful to have had the support, honesty, and fellowship with the Goshen College community on this journey. And I still think that this is a wonderful place full of great people. But like Jesse, I was a little disappointed when I first came to Goshen and wasn't finding what I was looking for. Um, I think Goshen has that potential and I would encourage you all to work individually and collectively and to continue to work on yourselves so we can make this an even better place. Goshen has given me and God has given me some of the greatest treasures. Um, I have friends who have seen me through my worst phases and at my best, who have encouraged me when I'm down and who have called me out when I'm behaving in a way contrary to what I believe and who are there for me regardless. I have a Heavenly Father who does that also. In my writing the memoir class, we had to come up with a six word memoir, a six word statement about our lives. The one I chose is actually in summation of my faith journey so far. It goes, I thought I found it, recalculating. <laughs> <laughs> um, faith is not a one-step process and our transformations definitely aren't I'm grateful that God is always willing to recalculate and bring us back onto the root so that one day our transformations can all be complete yours and mine thanks I didn't really get the memo that we were supposed to say our name in uh, major, so I'm Nate Manning. I'm an interdisciplinary major, junior. There we go. We got it. All right. Um, I'm just going to start with a little bit of my story, um, like how I grew up. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. When I was four years old, I recognized like a need for um, a savior in my life. I recognized that I had sin in my life and that um, that separated me from God and that the only way that I could 
um, be in relationship with God was to um, accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. When I was four years old, I did that. Um, I grew up in the church just like Jen. I was uh, involved in ministry and everything, but um, similar to what Jen said, she ha- I had a, an emptiness inside me as I, as I grew up, and I didn't even really know I had it, kind of, but through high school and college, I had an emptiness that I was filling with um, unhealthy relationships, uh, girls, pornography, um, recognition. I was, I was looking for recognition on the basketball court. I played basketball, and um, I, was, I was allowing that to fill the hole that I had um, for what that I should, should have been filling with God. Um, I think a lot of us have that as Christians. We have a hole that we're filling with something else. It might not always be a bad thing. Um, you could fill it with school, with uh, anything, with drinking, with drugs, whatever. Um, but I think, I guess I'm still learning how to, how to deal with that still. I'm definitely still learning to deal with that, I'll tell you. And, uh, yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, the first two people that talk kind of talk about their own uh, journey and whatever, and I, I also shared that a little bit, but I want to um, give it time for you guys to respond. And uh, so I'm just going to kind of lay out like what the Bible says and how you can be transformed by Christ. The Bible says that, that all of us can be transformed by Christ, um, but first you have to understand what sin is. And in Romans 3.23 in the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that um, we've sinned. I think we can all agree with that. Everybody's probably here has seen Nate Manning sin, so I apologize. Um, you probably have, but so we've all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. That that sin separates us from God. And uh, Romans six twenty three says the wages of sin is death. And that that death in that verse doesn't mean um, just dying physically. It means death. It means separation from God for eternity. The, um, uh, let's see. The second part of that verse, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The second part says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We all kind of know the story of Jesus, what he did. We just had Christmas. We know that he came. He was born in a manger. We know his story. He was, um, we talk about it so much, but I think sometimes we don't actually accept um, what he did. There's a difference in between um, believing and and actually accepting what he did and, and asking him to, to bridge that gap between you being a sinner and God that, that is perfect. Um, so just right now, um, can you guys all close your eyes and bow your head and just um, not worry about what I'm talking about. Just kind of look into yourself right now. So yeah, just close your eyes. I'm just going to say a couple things. Um, I just want to ask a question. Have, has there ever been a time in your life as a person, just, just think about yourself. Don't think about anybody else in this room. Has there been a time in your life where you've actually accepted Christ into your life and actually given your life to Christ? Because we're all sinners. I know, I know that I'm a sinner. You guys know that you're sinners. Has there ever been a time where you've actually asked Jesus to bridge that gap between, between you, who's a sinner, and God, who's perfect? Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to lead a short little prayer that if, if that's you, if you've never done that, if you've never actually accepted Christ, if you never asked him to bridge that gap, if you've never given your life to him, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you guys could repeat it, um, in your heart, um, quietly in your head, whatever, out loud, it doesn't matter. 
<clears throat> this is just a, a, a prayer that is giving your life to Christ. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't have to do, nothing's magic about the prayer, what I'm going to say. There's nothing that's in the words that's going to save you. But it's just a, um, a showing of, of surrender to Christ. So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer right now. Um, dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that that sin separates me from you. I know that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. And I accept that payment for my sin. Please come into my heart and save me today. I give my life to you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys keep your eyes closed just real quick. I have a couple more questions. Um, if, if you said that prayer right now, I just want to pray for you, and we're going to pray for you afterwards. But can you, is, it, is it possible? Can you raise your hand right now just so I can see so we can pray for you? Um, if not, that's cool. But did anybody pray that prayer in here at all? Okay, sweet. Thank you. That's awesome. But, uh, okay, now I want to talk to people who, who have done that before in their life, people that, you know, knew all that and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to just ask you personally, is there something in your life that, um, that is filling that hole that should be God? Is there something, just like pinpoint that and give it to God right now. I'm just going to leave a little bit of time just so you can, just so you can um, just kind of talk to God and let him have that as we begin the semester. I know um, it gets busy and just, just let him have your worries and let him have um, your past and what you've done. And, uh, yeah, I'll just give some time for that. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day, and thank you that um, we could come here and um, hear stories about how people were transformed by Christ. And we just, uh, we ask you to, um, just to transform this campus as a whole, and help us not to, to fill our hearts with things that, are, that aren't of you and just help us to fill um, our hearts with you and allow you to come in and, and transform us. Um, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Please turn in your purple Sing the Story books to number 124. 124 in the purple sing the story, my soul cries out.
You are dismissed. Go in peace.